0: The Pre-Med Year, session number 280. Hello and welcome to the three-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to the pre-med years. If this is your first time joining me here, thank you for finding me, finding this podcast and taking the time to listen. If you're an old hat at this and you've been listening for all 279 previous episodes, thanks for doing that as well. I appreciate all of you for taking the time. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you listening and for you sending me emails to say, hey, Dr. Gray, I've never emailed you before, but I've been listening to your podcast and I got into medical school recently, so thank you. Those emails just keep me going. So if you're listening to this and you have that moment later in life where you got your acceptance and we've never interacted before, just drop me a line and let me know that you got in and hopefully this podcast helped you in that way. This week, I'm going to do something a little bit different to bring some exposure to the forums at medicalschoolhq.net. Now, if you listen to the old Pre-Meds podcast, you know that we have a form on medicalschoolhq.net where you can go ask questions and be in a community of other like-minded pre med students. Now, for the old Pre-Meds podcast, we have a sub called the non-traditional pre med form. But we also have a general pre med form where you as a traditional student or non-traditional student can go and ask questions. And so I have pulled four questions from the forms. Again, if you go to medicalschoolhq.net, you click on forms at the top, register for an account. If you don't already have one, it's free, it's easy to do, and you'll join an amazing group of students over there. So our four questions today are all great questions, I think, that come up a lot for students. And so I saw these four and I said, yes, let's talk about these ones. Before I do that though, I want to let you know about a couple things that are up and coming with the medical school headquarters. Number one is we have the MCAT book coming out soon. I just got the final proofs of the interior layout. I'm just waiting on the full cover, and then we can get that out for you soon. So if you are getting ready to prepare for the MCAT or if you're early on in this process, then... The MCAT book is something you should check out. If you go to MCATbook.com, again, that's just MCATbook.com, click on the Let Me Know button, put in your name and email address, and we will let you know as soon as it's available on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. The other book I've been working on is the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Personal Statement. If you go to PersonalStatementBook.com, you can sign up there as well to be notified when that book comes out. That one's already available for pre-order. The paperback version isn't coming out until August, but I'm hoping to have the ebook version out much sooner. I don't know if it'll be ready for this application cycle for you. Um, It may be if you're putting it off, putting your personal statement off until later. Uh, But again, go to personalstatementbook.com to be notified when that book comes out. All right, so let's dive into these Four questions, so we'll do some Q&A today talking about some pre-med questions. Again, all of these questions taken from the general pre-med form over at medicalschoolhq.net. Click on forms at the top menu. So this first one is nursing pre-med or nursing major or pre-med. The student says, I'm a freshman in college and I've been, I've been dealing with the quote unquote which major problem since high school. I'm indecisive when it comes to choosing a major. I want to choose nursing, not because it's a shorter education route, but because I plan on having it as a backup plan if medical school doesn't work out for me. Except I want to go to medical school, but I have lots of self-doubt about my ability mentally and physically to graduate from med school. I also consider having my major be pre-med because I know if I don't get any prereqs done at the end of four years, I'll have to go back for another two and a half years of college to complete those prereqs before even applying to medical school. So, Let's chat about this. How do you choose a major? Number one is you don't you don't need to worry about your major. When it comes to applying to medical school, you don't need to worry about what major you have. It just doesn't matter. The thing that matters the most are the prereqs. And a lot of schools are getting away from having prereqs. But it's kind of silly because you still need those quote-unquote prereqs to prepare yourself to give you that science foundation to do well on the MCAT. So even if medical schools are getting rid of prereqs, you still need to do well on the MCAT, which means you need to take the prereqs anyway. And most of the prereqs are centered around doing well for the MCAT. With that said, there's one key thing in this that I want to chat about, and that's the backup plan. Now, this student obviously has some self-doubt, and that's okay. We all have self-doubt. But if you let that self-doubt dictate having a backup plan, I guarantee you that you will do as little as possible to succeed in your goal of becoming a physician. And you will always have an excuse as to why you didn't do well on your tests, to why you didn't do well in the MCAT, to why you didn't do well preparing for your personal statements and your extracurriculars for your medical school application. Because you have that backup plan, Being a nurse, which is a great career, but if you want to be a physician, get rid of that backup plan and fight tooth and nail to achieve that goal. Yes, we all have self-doubt, even along the way. As soon as you start medical school, you're gonna have doubt about whether you can accomplish it. As soon as you start your clinical rotations in medical school, you're gonna have self-doubt once you're in the hospital taking care of patients. As soon as you start your internship, you're gonna have major self-doubt. You're like, oh crap, I'm a doctor now. I'm taking care of these patients. It's my name on the line. As soon as you become an attending, then the buck stops at you. There's self-doubt all along the way. It doesn't end, right? It's called imposter syndrome. So you have to, you have to let that go. You have to fight through it and know that if this is what you want, you will do whatever it takes to do it and not have a backup plan to fall back to. So that's the first question, right? Nursing major or pre-med. A side note, most schools, 99 point whatever percent of schools don't have a quote unquote pre-med major. There are a few schools out there that do, but most don't. You can just major in Chemistry, biology, exercise, physiology, like I did. You can major in his- history. You can major in Spanish. Again, whatever you want, as long as you get those prereqs. All right, Our next question is another one about prereqs, right? Will retaking pre med requirements look bad, and does it have to be in order? So our student says, some of the classes which I'm retaking were originally taken decades ago, and so I've forgotten much of the material. Recently, I went to a pre-med admissions fair where several admissions advisors from some East Coast medical schools told me to redo my coursework to quote-unquote prove that I could still handle academically rigorous material. For example, one, one advisor told me to retake physics because when I last took it decades ago, I got a B in the first part. I could never fully understand forces on inclined planes. So to retake physics, I need calculus, which I have forgotten. I originally took three semesters of calculus back in the 80s and did well on all but the third part. That was for my first non-science degree. Then for my second degree, I had to retake these calculus courses in 2006. I got a B in part two. Although I realized that calculus has not changed much, I found the material much harder to understand and comprehend during my second time through. I've been out of school for many years and is a challenge to keep up with college students half my age. Well, number one, let me stop right there. You don't have to keep up with college students. Your only competition is yourself. All right, now I have the opportunity to retake Calculus 1 and 3 on the quarter system at a more rigorous school than one, than the one at which I took the original calculus courses. However, because of my work for the spring quarter, which starts next month, I cannot take Calculus 1 before Calculus 2. Only Calculus 2 fits my schedule This spring quarter, I could then take calculus one during the summer. I have asked others in my program who have gone through the same sequence and some took them simultaneously. Some also took other mixtures of classes. For example, several other students were taking biochemistry and general chemistry at the same time, usually general chemistry before, uh, usually general chemistry comes before biochemistry. All right. So a couple questions here. Number one, can you take them out of order? Sure. Is it ideal? No. There's a reason there's a one and there's a reason there's a two in there. Each class is supposed to build on each other. Can you do it? Of course. You're going to have to self-teach yourself some of the concepts, though. The next part, the the biggest question, will it hurt an application? No. The the admissions people are telling you to do it. It's only going to help your application, assuming, this is a big assumption, assuming you do well in the classes. Right, This happens for a lot of non-traditional students. They take courses a long time ago. They go off and have their career. They have their family. And then at one point, they wake up and go, oh, shoot, I'm doing the wrong thing in my life. I want to be a doctor. I've always wanted to be a doctor. I don't know why I didn't do it earlier. From that point forward, they then seek out what they need to do to get into medical school. And a lot of them will contact schools. And a lot of the schools will say, You should take more recent coursework to prove, quote unquote, prove that you can handle the coursework. A lot of medical schools tell students this. I've heard it from a lot of students and it's not wrong. Medical school is hard and just because you were a good student or decent student 20 years ago doesn't mean that you have the same aptitude today or the same willingness to do it, right? Going to school and being a student is different than being an employee, And are you really that interested in being a student, or is the idea of being a physician greater than the allure of retaking classes and being a student first? So that's where the kind of quote-unquote prove-it-to-us comes from. Yes, you need to do well in the classes, you need to take the classes, do well in them, and and succeed and, and get that upward trend going if you didn't have an upward trend or continue the, the upward trend or continue whatever trend you have, as long as they're good, so that you can show the admissions committee, look, I know I've been out of school for a while, but here's a semester, here's two semesters of schoolwork. I can still be a student. So it's not going to hurt your application as long as you don't do poorly in those classes. All right, our next question, our third question today, again, taken from the medical school headquarters forms, clinical experience in a podiatry clinic. This is one that comes up a bunch, whether it's podiatry, dentistry, chiropractor clinics, naturopathic clinics, right? What constitutes clinical experience for your application to prove to medical schools that this is what you want to do? This student says, hey team, I'm currently working as a medical assistant scribe for a local podiatrist. I have lots of good experiences. I don't think I would get lots of other places, especially because I don't have any special licensure, EMT, MA, CNA, et cetera. I was recently in a discussion with my pre-med advisor who suggested to me that this experience might not be viewed as an actual clinical experience by MD and DO admissions offices. I was surprised by this due to the scope of my experiences. Is this true? Should I try finding a different opportunity to replace this one, or will this be able to compare with other experiences in, quote-unquote, actual clinical settings? Thanks for the insight. All right, so this is something that comes up a lot. Students are exposed to something, and they go, oh, this is an opportunity that, that I can do right now, or I'm already doing it. I know I want to be a medical student. I want to go to medical school but I'm already in a podiatry clinic. I'm already a physical therapy assistant. I'm already doing things, interacting with patients, interacting with physicians, etc. Is this clinical experience? 100%, 100% clinical experience. Is it good clinical experience? No, that doesn't mean you avoid talking about it in your applications, but it does mean that you should go and try to get clinical experience with Physicians, MD and DO physicians, podiatrists are physicians as well. They are, they are allowed to call themselves physicians. Podiatrists are as close to MDs and DOs as any other health professions. They just happen to be specialized in a certain part of our body. They do surgeries, they, they, they operate, they, they go to medical school, they have a long curriculum in medical school, they do clinical experiences. They, um, they are as close to MDs and DOs as possible but it's still podiatry. And so a medical school admissions committee is gonna look at your experience and go, oh, podiatry, where's the rest of it, right? Where's, where's the time that you spent being around, I was gonna say, quote unquote, regular patients, right? Non-podiatry patients. Show me those experiences. Show me how those experiences have led you to want to be an MD or DO, Because right now, if you're just talking about scribing at a podiatry clinic, that leads me to believe that you want to be a podiatrist, not an MD or a DO. You want to be a DPM, doctor of podiatric medicine, right? So there's a huge difference in how your actions are speaking to the admissions committee. And if you are scribing at a a podiatry clinic, your actions are saying, I am interested in podiatry not I'm interested in MD or DO. So while it is good clinical experience, it's not the right clinical experience for your ultimate goal of becoming a physician. So same thing for any other clinical experience, dentist's office, chiropractic office, naturopathic office. If you want to go to medical school, an MD or DO medical school, then you need to get clinical experience around MDs and DOs. All right, and our last question comes from a student who's asking about graduating early and applying early. Now, it sounds sounds kind of crazy when you think about it, but let's read the question and and see if we can help. The student says, hi, I'm a first-year pre-med nutrition student, but I came into college with nearly 45 AP credits, so I can graduate a year early with only taking 12 to 13 credits per semester. Everyone has told me that I should add a minor or take extra classes and graduate in the fall of 2020 instead of the spring of 2020 and apply for admissions for fall of 2021 instead of fall of 2020. I would really like to go straight into medical school after I graduate, though, so I'm thinking about applying next spring for the fall of 2020. I'm just concerned about my extracurriculars. I didn't realize I wanted to be a doctor until this past fall, so I haven't gotten involved in any pre-med clubs or shadowing or research or volunteering yet. I plan on starting research and volunteering very soon, but I'm worried that if I apply in about a year, I won't have enough extracurriculars on my application. I'm also worried about the MCAT. I am planning on taking it next spring, and there's really no room for error if I don't do well on that attempt since I'm trying to send in my application as early as possible. I'm not sure how studying is going to go yet since I'll be taking OCHEM 2 and biochem that semester as well. I guess I'm just wondering, what do you all think? I really want to graduate on time without taking gap year, but are my extracurriculars going to be too weak? Will it be too hard to study for the MCAT while taking those difficult courses next spring? Now, a lot of students will, will question this. Should I graduate early? How condensed can I make my schooling? Now, in my mind, graduating early is great. There's less debt, right? Less debt that you are going to incur being a student for an extra year to take that minor, to take the extra classes. I don't think that is good advice. But I also don't agree on applying that early. And here's why. This student, you have said that you haven't done any shadowing research or volunteering yet. How do you know you want to be a physician? Physician how have you proven to yourself that this is what you want to do? I would challenge you that you have no clue yet. It may sound great. You may have this big pie in the sky idea of what's next, but you don't know. You need to go out and get some clinical experience. You need to go out and shadow, put yourself around patients, put yourself around physicians, and then start confirming that this is what you want, and then start going down the path of when to take the MCAT and when to apply, so on and so forth. I don't think it's a good idea to take the MCAT while still taking OCHEM 2 and Biochem. That is a lot. And those are some some heavy hitting courses that are well involved in the MCAT. And so to take those courses and to be studying for the MCAT at the same time is going to be very, very hard. So on top of not being super prepared for the MCAT because you're still taking courses, you're also rushing everything else, and you're still not sure that this is what you want to do. You may think you know, but you don't. You haven't proven to yourself through your actions that this is what you want. Go out and shadow. Go out and get the clinical experience and prove to yourself that this is what you want. And then with that clinical experience, with that shadowing, you'll be able to coherently, concisely, in a personal statement, in your extracurriculars, in your interviews, in your secondaries, explain why it is that you want to be a physician. Because I guarantee you, if we had a conversation, I would challenge you and I guarantee you that you wouldn't be able to tell me why you want to be a physician. That is a key question that you have to answer. And it is only through those experiences where you will be able to formulate a solid answer to that question. So, finish undergrad early without a doubt. If you can fit in all your prereqs for the MCAT, for whatever medical schools you're applying to, if you can finish those early, do it. Take that gap year, prepare for the MCAT, keep or go out right now and get those clinical experiences, get the shadowing. Prove to yourself that this is what you want. Continue those things consistently through, up through and uh, through the application process and into uh, about when you are going to start medical school and set yourself up for success. Yes, you'll take a gap year. Guess what? Not that big of a deal. Go out and get some life experiences. Go travel. Go, go do something involved in medicine. Whatever it is, don't worry about taking that gap year and it ruining the rest of your life. It's just one year. I know it sounds like a lot right now, but it's only one year. All right, I hope that was helpful for you. We've got four great questions asked on the Medical School Headquarters forms. Again, go to medicalschoolhq.net, click on forms in the top menu bar, and then click on general pre-med form where all of these questions were asked. Have a great week. Hope to see you here next week on the Pre-Med Years Podcast.